0: What's up, Nerd Talk Nation? This is your host, Jordan Halstead, and today I've got Bama and Scott with me as we discuss the Disney Plus series, Moon Knight. So guys, we're going to go ahead and start with this. How did you feel walking into this series? You know, there was a lot of hype for this. What were were your thoughts? Let's go ahead and start with Scott.
1: Yeah, so um, yeah, I don't think I really had much of a big expectations coming into this, because the only interaction I've had with moon Knight was playing like Marvel strike force on my phone. And that was like one of the first characters I got, like, so didn't really know anything about the character or You're like, it's white what Batman. <laughs> it it, it could have might as well at that point, it could have been white Batman for all I care. Um, so I think, and I think a lot of the times when you come into things and not having any expectations, I think sometimes you kind of can come away with it going like, Oh, okay. Like, I think you can kind of look at it instead of having high expectations and then
0: and being and let down. Of,
1: to or... your high expectations, you get let down. That was kind of my experience with the first Spider-Man movie. Big hype, and I went to go see it. And I was just like, "Okay, like it was so, good, but not that good."
0: <laughs> so Will went and saw uh, Multiverse of Madness, and he did not watch a single trailer, and like he didn't do any background <laughs> research, and like got away with it until the week of, and someone went in and said. Hey, Professor X is is in the. Are you excited for that? And he's like, "What?" And it was like that. Uh, How I met your mother, like Earth shattering, the glass shattering moment. Like I, I heard the glass shatter. There's moments in my life where I just, I'm like, and I'm like, oh no, I saw the the glass shatter. And for for that, like he walked in with no expectations, ready to be pleased by this film. Um, so so, kind of like like Will with Multiverse Madness. You walked in, not really knowing the character, not having the expectations. Mm-hmm. So so that's where you went with it. Cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, Bama, you and I, we have a very different start point with this because yeah. literally, like the month right before we started reading Moon Knight. <laughs> so
2: yeah, yeah. So that that was kind of my introduction to who Moon Knight is, or at least um, who he has been, or who he's currently becoming. Because it's it's very different. Because uh, he apparently in the current comic run, like he's not as connected to Conchu. Uh, he's more just kind of doing his own thing he still kind of does he has the same um vengeance and protecting the people at night uh kind of thing but he's just not letting Khonshu control him so uh going into this series I was very excited to see I guess uh you could say like the origin of Mark Spector Moon Knight and then just going at it uh from there seeing how Disney adapts the story to what they're wanting it to be and probably the the biggest thing that i was uh, excited for was hearing that it was going to be very standalone from the rest of the mcu it was like i think throughout the series there was only like one mention of anything else i don't from, know from the mcu
0: th- I, I must have missed what was the the mention
2: it was uh they were talking about the afterlife uh, I think that was. Oh yeah, when, four, when they and mm-hmm. she mentions the ancestral realm as one of the, oh, the ancestral plane, yeah, the ancestral plane, uh, which because she's is like it's Black-
0: beautiful. Yeah, I I forgot yeah. about that part. Yeah,
2: well, and there's but there's a good connection there because that's Black Panther, their deity that they serve is Bast, who is an Egyptian deity. So it makes sense that that would be the only thing that would connect uh, in this series.
0: Yeah, I uh, when when I walked into this series, you know, shout out to Comic Book Club. If you haven't subscribed, definitely go check that out. Um, and so we, we we started that series with Moon Knight, and that was for full preparation of hey, you know, there's this series coming out, and you know, Will Will and I had a lot of conversations about you know where are we going with this? Do we like this series? And he he could not stand like the first three episodes. He was just like. I think this is stupid. Like, it's not capturing my attention. I I don't care for this. And for me, I I was really, really excited about this. And I was like, until they do something that is going to utterly destroy me, I'm going to enjoy this. And I think this comes back to, you know, why I liked Morbius. When I went in, I went in with a very positive outlook. I said, you know, I'm going to enjoy this film. I'm going to just enjoy it. And the experience helped. And getting every week to watch that and talk with you guys and talk with uh, even, even the pastoral staff at my church, like we all started watching these and I was able to speak into it a little bit more. Cause I was like, well, I'm currently reading these comics as well. And, or, Hey, I just read this, or I'm, I'm doing my research and they're dropping this character or they're, they're bringing in this. And, uh, just to see, especially from someone who like, I want to get my master's eventually in pastoral counseling. And so I like the psychological side. And so we're, we're going to get into some of that a little bit later, but just those conversations of, you know, this is a different kind of character. Oh yeah, it, it, it was not connected to the MCU other than the ancestral plane. Comment. They didn't even show the ancestral plane. So like you didn't have like Iron Man show up. You didn't have Spider Man show up. You didn't have any any characters make any appearances. There was I heard there was like one kind of uh, like Kang the Conqueror kind of like cameo that just shows up on a T shirt. Yeah, and, it was on
2: the back of someone's like jean, like jacket their jean
0: jacket or, or something like that. And, but it's a blink and you miss it. Like if you're not looking for it, you're not going to see it. Um, and with with that, I'm like, I'm kind of happy because it felt very reminiscent to phase one. Um, so, you know, with with that, what are your guys' thoughts about how it didn't connect to a larger MCU just yet? And it was kind of self-contained. Did you guys like that aspect? Do you wish that it would have gone further into into the mcu do you wish there was a certain character that would have shown up what are your guys thoughts on that
2: yeah i'll i'll take this one to start um i very much enjoyed uh that it was very disconnected from the rest of the mcu i think if you uh tried to put in i mean even just putting in one other character may have uh ruined the series for me uh because i mean first of all this character is in a completely different you know part of the part of the world that most of the other uh, MCU characters are. Most of them are in America uh, or in Wakanda in the case of Black Panther. But uh, this guy starts out in England and travels into Egypt. And then, I mean, it's really just those two locales that we know for certain that he went to. Uh, So I think having him be separate and showing his story, uh, like you said, really reminiscent of, phase one where you're just getting the origins of everyone uh if if you had to throw in someone and this is just you know what i've what i've been wanting ever since uh the end of eternals uh seeing the black knight with the sword and uh hearing the voice of who is going to be the new blade i would have wanted maybe just some sort of hint at uh the arrival of Blade or Black Knight, and them starting or hinting at Midnight Suns because I think that would be a very interesting team up uh, that they could do
0: for live action. Absolutely, Scott. what What's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think I think when you think about what Disney Plus has produced as far as their shows, you can really look at the. Hello, you still there? Oh, am I still there? Sorry, yeah, you know good. my mic went out. Okay. Um, But no, I would say that um, when you look at like the first couple shows, they all had connections to, you know, the MCU, the films, WandaVision, um, Falcon Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, Loki. So having something that can kind of be away from that and kind of, it's almost, it's like you mentioned before, it's almost like kind of like starting phase one where you have no connections, it's kind of its own thing. And then if this, you know, even though they're saying it's a limited series, at least this is something where it's like, okay, let's get a feel for this character. And then what can we do in future projects, whether they're other TV shows or movie projects where we can now insert this character in there. And then it's like, okay, you know, then we can kind of start kind of creating these new strands instead of trying to figure out, okay, how does this fit in something we've already done, even though. The thing we've already done, we've kind of already have like an end point to it. And now we're trying to start a whole new phase, a whole new era of MCU.
0: You know, I I think one of my favorite parts about this was that it was disconnected and it felt like even if it was kind of like Daredevil and the Netflix series, like it doesn't actually take place in that universe. Totally okay with it. Like I don't know if, if they've confirmed that that specific Daredevil is the official six one six Daredevil, um, because with Multiverse of Madness, them saying hey this is six one six Earth six one six, you know I I don't know how how they handle it, um, and and I'm okay if they said no it's just just the one series one series and Oscar Isaac did his thing and that's it um, I would be satisfied with the way that they handled it I liked the season I want more. Um, but I, I was I was very satisfied with the way they handled it and that it wasn't just the suit. Um because I feel like sometimes Iron Man kinda got lost in the suit, but then you'd lose Iron Man to Tony Stark and, and it was very night and day. Um kind of like Mark Spector Stephen Grant personalities. The Um but but with that, I think that the way they handled this this was very, very well done and they handled some of these characters very well. So do you feel like the character was done well? Um, or do you think that this character just being who he was and, and the mental aspects and things like that was a complete mess? Uh, Scott, let's talk, let's talk about this.
1: So, yeah, when you're looking at Mark and Steven and you're looking at that as a character from like a mental health perspective, I feel like they've kind of hit it out of the park with the disassociative identity disorder diagnosis. Um, especially having a family member who's been diagnosed with DID and watching their journey and learning about them from the time I was in second grade to the time I graduated high school and watched them go through Mm. healing and counseling and even going through an integration um, aspect of it. I felt like when you look at movies like switch or split, I'm sorry, split and um, identity and any type of portrayal of, people who are diagnosed with multiple personalities or dissociative identity disorder, they always make them to be very creepy or almost like a monster or a villain, and you didn't get that impression with Moon Knight. They were very various degrees of personalities, even to the point where the skill level was different from... um, Mark's being more of a combat person and being very combat ready to Steven having kind of more of the education. That's very typical with someone who has DID. Um, Even I think it was episode four when you, when they're in the insane asylum and how they made a mention, I think in episode five, where they made a mention um, where they talked about different rooms and how some people who have this personality disorder, they have like either like a like a mansion or something with rooms or a hallway or, you know, very, very typical. So I say all that to say that when they made this character and really understood the mental health aspect of it, they really did their homework and really portrayed it in a way that was very tasteful um, and was very respectful to those who are dealing with this social identity disorder. Mm -hmm. And I think even when you watch the credits of each episode, very clearly they always have a thing if you here's here's some more information from mental health institute or you know they always have a board there so it's like okay you know they're really saying hey if you may be struggling with some mental health it's okay here's some resources you can go to so i think as far as the character how it was portrayed i mean i thought they did a great job of time dealing with the whole mental health aspect of everything
0: so i'm going to i'm going to play off that a little bit when it it comes to movies like joker with joaquin phoenix um and then moon Knight, and and the way that they're showing mental health and and disorders and and how people struggle and whatnot do you think that these are great teaching material for up-and-coming students who are dealing with psychology and trying to learn do you think this could be a good teaching material because i've got a buddy who is he just graduated from mid-america christian (laughs) university um he he's got a psychology background do you think that he could have you like his professors could have used this as teaching material to help him understand some of the the things that not not from a like hey this is a great film like go, go let's go waste an hour of our time watching like not like that but like hey do your homework and, and come back and say you know what what did you notice How, do you think this is this is a good educational side i i think i think
1: so i think so Um, I think it's something where you can look at something and go, oh, okay, this is a great look at it. I mean, for me, if I was like a professor and I was teaching uh, counseling students, whether they're pastoral counselors or clinical counselors, I I would not be, I would not feel like, I wouldn't feel uncomfortable sharing a scene or having them watch this and then let's kind of discuss and then kind of break it down and discuss more of the clinical aspects and kind of look more absolutely. DSM and kind of saying like, okay, you know, here are some of the things. And I mean, cause like, you know, like, kind of like from like, when you look at Moon Knight, you know, Mark has, Mark Steven actually has like three personalities.
0: Yeah. Um, including Jake, where, which we meet at the very where, end.
1: Exactly. Whereas the person in my family who was diagnosed with DID had at least over 35 personalities. Whoa. Wow. And so, yeah, so, and it's very fascinating because, I mean, I could go on, I don't want to take too much time because we're focused on moon time, but, you know, just being in that experience and watching each one integrate to now, this person's no longer diagnosed with the ID because they've been fully integrated, meaning that those personalities have become one with the host. So now there's oh. no personalities anymore.
0: So, so for someone who is, who is still very new to this, this world and, and understanding the mental mm-hmm. health side, so was that the integration in episode five when he's on the boat and they're going in and trying to like balance their hearts like it would yeah that was would that, be the, that would be the integration that would be,
1: that would be that would be kind of the marvel's way of
0: kind of explaining integration mm-hmm. okay cool so so they handled yeah. that in a correct way that that would help like for an education side um just to to have an understanding like a clinical or or, or pastoral counseling just say you know this this is kind of like, I mean, it's for entertainment purposes, but it's also mm-hmm. a way for someone to understand what this person's going through and what needs to happen for them to go forward.
1: Yeah, and, and I can I can, I can can speak like the integration of my family member and kind of what that experience is like is, you know, you start seeing slow and slow a bunch of these personalities integrating. But then when it came towards the end, you started to see at least a big handful of people who are still left decided to integrate all at once. And from my family member's story, it was like, They're in this hallway and you see the personalities going through this door saying, come on, come
0: on, like, let's
1: go. Kind of like getting all the, all the,
0: the classroom together, getting like all the students say, come on, come on, let's get going.
1: So, you know, the personalities walked out the door and then this loved one of mine goes, walks out the door too. And they walk out and then they turn around and there's no door there and there's no going back. And then that was it. Huh? And then everything was done. That was kind of how, um, how their integration worked. And that was kind of their own significance. But other people who I've known who, got, have, who had family members who have DID and we talked about stuff, you know, their experience was a bit different um, with the integration, but that's just kind of how it was. But, yeah, so the balancing of the hearts and everything else and the scales, that was very – like when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's their way of kind of explaining integration or that's Mark's way of saying, okay, here's how integration happens. Um, and even just the portrayal of how Stephen came to being, um, being in a very, and even in this one, it wasn't very traumatic as far as a very highly physical abusive situation, but just the mother not being very kind and everything else, and just kind of being a kind of in that way. An emotional abusive person. versus yeah. a physical. An emotional abusive. Yeah, emotional abusive. And just him kind of having that moment where he splits, because really how personal how someone develops a personality is it's almost like kind of creating a scapegoat. So you can't take the pain much longer. So you escape and you kind of create a personality within Mm -hmm. your mind that kind of takes the abuse. Sometimes it could just be another weak person. Cause again, like with my family member, not only did you have like people who were like adults, but you had children, you even had people who were older. And these personalities were created just because of maybe a time where uh, abuse happened. It was like kind of like the age they were in. Or sometimes it's like you're creating an older person to kind of be a protector, to kind of stand up and protect yourself. Of what from you
0: need in that moment. An
1: abuser or what you needed in that moment. So, gotcha. I mean, yeah. So, again, not take up too much time. But, yeah. So, a lot of stuff throughout that whole series, it was just like I sat there and I'm like, they got this right they got this right. And I think it was, I think episode four and episode five were probably the hardest to watch for me just because it was, hard, how,
0: it was hard for a lot of people to watch.
1: Well, it was, it was, but I think it was hard for me because it just how much they portrayed it. Yeah. Uh, mental health and DID, and how much they portrayed it. They did it so well that it was like, wow, like this is really good. Like, so yeah, to go back to your question, would someone play this in a college classroom for psycho, psycho, for um, counselors or psychology students, absolutely. Like, I again, like, I don't think I would be ashamed to play this and go, "Oh yeah, this is a bunch of garbage." Like, if I was to play Identity or Split, I'd probably be ashamed of myself for doing that. But no, Moon Knight, I would not. I would. And, and maybe not watch the whole that.
0: series, but pick out the the clinical pieces that you think, "Oh, I can yeah. I, we we can teach off." Because I mean, you don't need all the you don't need the giant gods fighting at the very end. <laughs> like, like, I mean, if you want to play, sure, but just. <laughs> just from just from a teaching aspect i felt for me i just coming from someone who who absolutely loved the pastoral counseling class who has gone and and seen some students who've who've dealt with some messed up stuff and uh pastoral counseling has my heart i want to help students get through what they're going through i feel like life is hard enough to do it um Mm -hmm. let alone going by yourself or going through hardships um i've been through hardships you guys i mean scott you even walked me through a hardship um Mm -hmm. in the past year and uh and I, I'm in a much, much better place because of the conversations we've had, the the conversations I've had with my own counselors and, and things like that, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I, it was it was really funny. I saw someone post uh, that this this show just goes to prove that men are willing to fight gods and monsters before they'll go to counseling. <laughs> and i was like please, <laughs> please please go see your counselor like go go get a counselor work through some of your stuff and, and and whatnot i think that it's vastly important so that's my plug into mental health uh bama what were your thoughts did you did you like the character do you think he was done well um did you think he was a miss like because I, I don't think that you have the same background that that scott does so um for you like what, what were your thoughts
2: No, I I don't have the same background that Scott has, but after hearing him talk about that, like, it just, it makes me appreciate this even more. And, like, I knew that they did a ton of research and uh, just, you know, went through everything that they could to try to get uh, the DID uh, done right and how the uh, different alters and uh, the different personalities, uh, they made sure that they did it the correct way. And so, yeah, I mean, hearing it from someone who's experienced someone with DID and, you know, him saying that it, it is accurate, like it really just makes this an even better than what it was uh, just in talking about the whole integration uh, aspect. It, it really just kind of makes me think of episode five and even into episode six, like after they, you know, just have the one, one heart that that's their integration and then we see Stephen fight. And it's like, Stephen's not really a fighter, but yeah. after that, inter- well, it, it was really the, the part uh, when they're on the boat and he picks up the bat and swings. Like, that's his first step into the integration. Because he's like, well, if he can do it, then I can do it too. He's
0: like, because I'm you. I, I can yeah. do this too. Like, like you got this, Mark. Wait, I'm you. Hey, I, got you got this. This, like, yeah. I got this. Like, that, that understanding um, and, and that... The first few steps into the integration absolutely
2: yeah and so then we see in episode six i mean he's wielding those batons like he was you know a master for like you know 20 30 years and it's like this guy when we first <laughs> meet him there's no way he would even you know he wouldn't even harm the fish that has the the tiny fin the the nemo fish that he has yeah uh, mm-hmm. so it it's it like just hearing it you know from scott's experience and then you know just thinking of all the different moments uh, from the show, like it really, you know, makes me happy that they did their research and Oscar Isaac and everybody in the production wanted to do this uh, the correct
0: way. Absolutely. I think that for me, you know, I loved seeing this character. I was a little disappointed that they didn't bring Jake in um, much earlier. Cause I mean, you, you, they kind of did the, so, so Mike and I always talk about the whole sprinkling in a character where you you start to do that and I feel like they did that with Jake because there's this moment where he wakes up in Egypt and like he's got the 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 beer or the the uh, the alcohol in his hand and he like wakes up and he's just in his underwear and um and he looks in the mirror and the mirrors just looking right back at him and I'm like I'm pretty sure that's Jake but then they never really went on to it and then there's that whole wait was that you no that wasn't me was that you? Well, I wouldn't be asking if it was me like like that that banter between Mark and Steven. And I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen when they bring Jake in if they do a season two, because there's already talk that uh, season two is probably going to happen. And so if that yeah. does happen, like I just I'm like, I, I was listening to there's this this podcast and I'm going to I'm going to plug them because I, just, I I loved listening to them this week. Um, it's called I Hear Voices and it's from Christy Carlson Romano and Will Friedle. Um. And so they had Phil Lamar on and uh, Wilfred L was Batman Beyond and they were setting up the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited and all this. And Static Shock was on at that same time. And Phil Lamar voiced Static Shock and Green Lantern, uh, Jon Stewart. Yeah. And so there's this episode where they do like this future Justice League and like Static Shock and it shows up and, and they've got all these different characters and it's Jon Stewart young static and old static and he has to voice all three versions of these characters and so he has like a literal conversation in the studio and they were talking about it. i was like oh that's so cool and the more i'm thinking about this the more i'm like i can't wait to see what oscar isaac's gonna do when you have jake steven and mark and he's gonna have to play all three of them at the same time and and play into each other and like you're gonna have maybe like kind of that that first episode at the end when he looks in the mirror and you have all the the reflections and you see, like, he's talking to Mark. And I'm like, wait till you see Mark or Steven, and you'll see Mark on one mirror, and then Jake on the other. And, mm-hmm. like, you have, like, a conversation between the three of them, and they're all, like, talking to each other. And you have to figure out, okay, wait, time out. Do we understand? And because he didn't speak English um, in that last bit when we saw Jake. So I'm 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 really, like, I like where they went with this character. I just hope they they continue this route and when they add the next layer to this character that it'll be done really well and, well, if and not- there is the
2: possibility that they had jake in uh i want to say it was like episode four i think when uh
0: oh when he's on the top of the sand
2: talking talking with uh harrow uh in in his office and he like picks up that Uh, point very pointy object that no one in a psych ward office should have pointy objects in their office yeah he's the one that's got all like he's all bruised up on the on his nose and scratches and everything i mean he didn't have the accent and the you know he wasn't speaking a different language like he wasn't uh on the end credits but i think that was actually jake because he was just much more crazed and just you could see it in his eyes like he he didn't care what was going to happen to him. And it was very different from Mark and obviously very different from Stephen. Yeah, Stephen's uh, Mark, your pacifist. Mark, and- Mark would have been like, well, what what the heck am I going to do here? You know, there's not a good way out. And Jake would just not care. He would just do whatever is necessary.
0: I feel like Mark is your middle and like you've yeah. got your two polar opposites with Jake and Steven. And I, 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 again, I think that it was just Jake was sprinkled in. And the, as I go back and I'm going to rewatch the series, I feel like I'm going to see more of Jake in the series now knowing like, Hey, he actually is there. I need to find all the moments where, and then it comes down to episode one, which is going to lead into our next question. Um, These fight scenes, you know, was that actually Mark fighting in the fight scenes <laughs> or was That's it true. Jake? because now we know and it's like time out so steven steven blacks out but is it potentially jake because he is super aggressive and he's like shooting people and like he's like he's driving and then you see blood everywhere and you're like wait now now that i know that it wasn't mark was it because they didn't say one way or the other and so i mean it probably was mark but but could it have been jake
2: I, I would probably go as far to say so, like when he's in the truck and he's he's driving that thing down down the mountain, uh, probably just like the use of a gun. Like Mark Spector, obviously, you know, he was in the armed forces, trained, you know, mercenary, right? all that. Yeah. yeah, mercenary type. Also, uh, he, you know, he wouldn't be afraid of, of using a gun and, and doing things like that. Probably. I think it. I'm gonna say it's when Stephen, you know, come comes back and he has the scarab in his hand and his hand is all bloody and there's just bodies lying all the way around him. Yeah, that was probably Jake. Uh, so, so probably whenever more brutal things happen, I would say that would be Jake. And when you know the the necessary things that need to be done, but not going over the top brutal with it, those would be times that mark took over because at this point they they don't know each other or or at least steven has no idea about any of the other identities maybe mark knows about steven but it it, they don't play off of each other until uh later episodes later in the series yeah so i I would say it's probably just an aspect of steven has no idea because he just thinks he's like sleepwalking and then all these crazy things happen while he's sleepwalking. And he's like, okay, maybe this is more serious than I thought. Uh, Yeah. So yeah, I I bet if you went back through and say, oh, okay, there's a lot more brutality here. That was probably Jake. And then some of the more, okay, I just, you know, knocked people out and trying to run away. That was mild.
0: Yeah. That milder violence, mild violence. So with this fight scene, you know what what were you guys thoughts with the cuz i mean they had an 80s 80s song going and you didn't really see the action you just saw him like kind of eyes roll back and then next thing you know he wakes right back up and you're like wait we haven't met anybody else and and for those people who haven't seen it yet they wouldn't know oh he's got did and i mean he doesn't even know yet and so through some of that like what are your guys' thoughts of the fight scene scott what would you think of the fight scene like where you didn't see anything fighting actually happen
1: uh, i think it's great i mean i mean i think it's great because if you're going to because if you're going to introduce a character that has a illness like dissociative identity disorder and you know and that's the thing you see like you see like oh hey like there's a scene and next thing you know, there's like a blackout. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, all these bodies are around you and you're like, what the heck happened? And you don't know. Well then as an audience, as I'm watching this, I'm like, well, what the heck just happened? And when your main protagonist that you're supposed to identify with in the show doesn't know what happened, then what, how the director and the writing and how they set it up is now you're kind of on this journey because now you're kind of going through this, journey with mark on trying to figure out what's going on who am i and who are these other personalities like who's mark who's steven like who's who's talking like is it is it mark is it you know this big gigantic skeleton bird like what is going on and as far as a casual viewer you don't know what's going on so you want to find out what's going on and as your main protagonist is trying to figure stuff out. And as they continue on the journey to figure out more about themselves, then you start to not only put the pieces together, but then you're kind of in a way going from a journey of being disconnected to now being connected by the time you get to the end of the series.
0: I feel like for me watching this, there's this typical, when you watch a Marvel film, there's the formula Mm -hmm. you meet the character starts the movie whether and and let's just hit the origin so you meet the character they get their powers and then you like have to figure out who the villain is why the villain is doing this there's this big climactic scene there's something that the hero has to learn they figure it out they have the final battle and then they they wrap it all up put a nice bow on it that's kind of it and with this one you're not really getting the whole origin story up front they they shook up the formula enough that I felt very drawn in by the fact that it wasn't a fight. Like I'm watching the aftermath of a fight scene that is happening right before my eyes. Like I'm sitting there, like wait, I'm not seeing like this because I, I feel like if you would have gone in and seen Spider Man or Iron Man or Captain America, Hulk, Thor, you go in and see them do like running montage fights and things like that. You start out with. Age of Ultron and they're like running and fighting all the Hydra guys. Like it it's that that natural progression. Where this one, you're like, wait, time out, what happened? Like, no, no, no. Rewind, go back 15 seconds. I need to know. Wait, did Disney Plus skip on me? Like, like what, what am I missing here? And to have that, I was like, I really like this because it it's shaking the formula up enough that we're not repeating the same thing over and over i think that phase four has really done justice to the mcu um if you haven't listened to our podcast uh episode from last week we were talking about multiverse of madness and like the very first thing that they do is they shake up in that movie by instead of like hey here's the villain at the end of the movie and this is why i've been doing all this stuff or like you like slowly see and you're trying to like figure out what's happening when is he going to reveal himself or herself and um and in that movie, they go in and they reveal the villain at the beginning. And they're shaking things up, and it's it's a different adventure that we're on. It's not your phase one, phase two, phase three films. Phase four is, is distinctly different. And I think they're, they're trying a lot of new stuff. And with this one, the fight scene really just – I feel like it hooked a lot of people very early on. So, Bama, what, what did you think about the fight scene where he's just like in the van and wake me up before you go-go? So what, what were what were your thoughts on that?
2: First off, good good musical choices. Yes, all, all Throughout this series, uh, that that is definitely a, a perfect song to use for this. Uh, but yeah, to to the question, I, I I think it really pulls you into the character even more. Like for like for for me, like I knew a little bit about the character. I knew he had did, so I I was you know kind of expecting something like this, like he would be jumping from personality to personality. I didn't know how they were going to do it, but I really liked that they did it this way because now it's like, oh, I get to discover the the, the these other personalities with the character as he yeah. is learning, uh, learning all of these things. So I, I think it makes you connect to the character, even though you know, I don't have DID or any other, uh, sort of thing like that, but it helps me get into the mindset of that character. And then, you know, he just blacks out <laughs> and then comes back and it's like, well, what happened? And it's like, well, I want to know what happened and I want to know, you know, what he's, what's going on, but I'm willing to take the seat and see how it's going to unfold. And so I think it was just a very good way of of showing that early on. And then as the character learns more about himself then we get to see more and we get to understand him more
0: absolutely uh you know as the series progressed we pull i think what's cool is that when you see these series and they're starting to pull real world events they start pulling from history and they start grabbing like things that that actually happened in the real world but they change things up a little bit like when they talked about hydra oh well We've actually been here for forever, and we actually caused this person's death. This person's death. This person was this. Or when you go and you watch uh, Days of Future Past, and they're like, "Why did JFK die?" Well, he was a mutant. Like I love that, and I love when they they draw on that. And so they go in in episode four, and we find Alexander the Great's tomb. And and <laughs> as far as I understand, that's an actual thing. Like we've they they've never found his his tomb. And there's there's a lot of speculation and stuff. And and to find like so for me i thought it was really cool because my middle name is alexander um i'm actually named after alexander the great um and so i think that's a really cool feature and i loved the way that they played into it because i think there was even a comic where they actually said alexander the great was a uh like conchu or or someone's actual avatar in the comics and so they, they played off that And i don't know if they did it exactly the same way and they they did um the the alligator goddess um I don't know. Ahmet. Which, yeah, Amit. Um, I don't know if they they actually it was he was Amit's person or I don't I don't remember how they did it, but I believe they did a almost pa- very well paralleled story to his uh, comic. So, what did you guys think about just you know real world inclusion for this story of having something like that in there?
1: Well, I think it's I think it's I think it's good because you have to kind of base things in reality for it to work or because if you keep and I think that's what makes the MCU so interesting it's what connects us because if you're connecting something to a fantasy world well then everything's always in that fantasy world um so that you know that works for Lord of the Rings that works for Chronicles of Narnia that works for
0: you
1: know that works for the Golden Compass or Harry Potter, even though Harry Potter, you're kind of blending between the two worlds. But I think that's what made Harry Potter so interesting is because you could have went the whole, well, this is all fantasy world, but then when you're leaving Hogwarts and you're not going to the streets of London, then it's like, okay, and you start to connect things. It's the same thing with the Dan Brown novels, uh, Lost Symbol, Angels and Demons, The Da Vinci Code. Yeah. And I think when Da Vinci Code came out, it was so controversial because people are like, thinking it's real and i'm thinking it's a work of fiction it says it is a work of fiction like and people are thinking like oh jesus and mary magdalene didn't do that well it's like well it's fiction but what's getting people riled up is it's based in reality and you're kind of making more of a fantasy within reality which again that's what hooks people that's what draws people in because then they can say oh hey you know it's nice that, you know, we find Alexander the Great's tomb and here's how it all fits up. Or it's, it's nice that you're going around and you're going through Egypt and that there's a certain culture, um, Egyptian culture and a God's culture. And, and you, you buy into it because it's like, okay, I can buy into this because it's based in reality. Even though they're taking more of the creative liberties of it, you still connect with it.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I think having real world inclusion, I mean, it, and that's just something that I think Marvel does more so than DC. Like DC, I mean, they ha- kind of have their own worlds, and I, I, I don't read too much of DC comics, so I don't know if they actually reference any real, real world cities, but I know at least in it's Marvel. It's not as
0: often. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I know with Marvel, like, there's very few. Places, made up that places are yeah. are made up like wakanda is definitely a very made up what? place no <laughs> yeah go, go go find wakanda for me and, and, On a and map. We'll, we'll both, we'll both it's a thir-
0: little third world country buddy
2: yeah just uh they, they just deal in textiles uh but no i because <laughs> <laughs> they I, I just love that you can you could picture it in within your world like if you're someone from new york city you could just be sitting in your apartment and you could just be looking out the window and you could just be visualizing oh there goes spider-man swinging across the the cityscape or you know i mean there's just a multitude of other things that you could just imagine and so i think it helps uh just kind of bring people's imagination and put it within their own world uh as far as having alexander the great uh, and have him you know be um, as they called him the voice of Amit. Um, I think it, it, it really just kind of gives credence to how much of a legend and uh, just ha- how big of a person that he was and, you know, the things that he accomplished, like, Oh, well, it's, it's no wonder that he accomplished what he did because of the power he had behind himself. Yeah, uh, I liked that um, when Harrow first uh, awoke, Um, And they were talking about, you know, he was unbalanced and that her previous uh, avatar was perfectly balanced. Uh, And so I I think that's just it, it gives just even more to the mythos of Alexander the Great. And just I mean, obviously, he wasn't, you know, really a avatar of Ahmed. As far as we know, I don't I don't know. It could could actually be real. Uh, But I think it just gives a reason and a a good imagination as to why he was as as great as he was. So I I really enjoy that uh, Marvel, MCU, comics, whatever, that they base all of their things within the real world because it helps you, um, it just gets you into that mindset and see that setting and it just helps you realize what you're in.
0: Absolutely. Episode five, they they deal with this idea of how death and the journey of going to the afterlife and having to balance scales and and going through through what uh what they had to go through. Do you like how they handled this? Um, you know the inclusion of the astral plane, the the whole. There is multiple afterlives. It just it kind of depends on where you went. Like coming from a Christian perspective. I don't believe in universalism. I don't believe that just anybody gets to go to I, I believe there's heaven and hell. Um, but from a storytelling like like remove the, the Christian aspect for one second and just look at the visual storytelling that they were doing. Do you like that the way that they handled it or do you think that, you know, this whole religious side should not have been touched uh with with showing like the the field of reeds and talking about the astral plane and do, do you like how they're handling it or do you kind of wish they would stay away from that stuff
2: i, I think it's fine I, I i like the idea of you know depending on the character's beliefs will determine how their afterlife um is is handled uh so if you believe in the egyptian um mythos then the field of your, reeds yeah yeah the field of reeds or or the your, sands your your heart your heart will be weighed against the feather and depending on your outcome you'll either be stuck in the duat or you'll go to the f- field of reeds if you believe olympian mythology you know it, just all the different things that that you could throw in i mean we obviously have norse uh, gods in in the mcu currently so then for those people and, that believe in the norse mythology them dying in battle will send them lead to, to valhalla Val, yeah to valhalla and you know they're just a multitude of things so i think for the individual characters it it gives them the reason why they are who they are like obviously uh thor love and thunder is going to change thor at least from what we've seen uh, in the the few trailers that, that we have seen for Thor I think he's Thunder. gonna
0: take more of that like Odin Thor kind of feel.
2: Yeah. But previously he's always been about going to the next battle, finding, you know, the next uh, challenge uh, to come against him because that's just that's the mythos of Norse mythology is you you have all these great battles and you do all these things and you'll end up in Valhalla. Uh, so I, I think having different avenues to, I guess, the different versions of heaven or the grand afterlife, I, I, I think it, it's really neat. And there could be potentially a lot of different storytelling opportunities by having this.
0: OK, so I'm going to ask you real quick to, to add on to this. Did you like the, the colors are different kind of based on the heroes and things like that, like where the, the brightness of the field of reeds mm. versus like the purple of the astral plane.
2: Yeah. Uh, because, because uh, it just gives you a different feel uh, yeah. for, for that, for the different afterlives. Like the, the, I guess the purple for the astral plane is more of just like a cooling and calming, like, Oh, I've made it to the afterlife. Now I can just, I can just exist here. And then, you know, whoever comes up next as the next black Panther or the next leader of Wakanda, I can give them
0: uh, whatever impart wisdom.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can impart my wisdom as, as they need. And then go to the field of reeds. like, Oh, now everything is a paradise. And uh, the biggest thing for Mark was it's quiet. There's no, yeah. there's no sound. There's peace because he's been, Going through so many different things, you know, verbal, emotional abuse, uh, you know, being a uh, being in the armed forces, being a mercenary, he's always been constantly on the go, and just had lots of things going on around him. His his afterlife and his you know greatest accomplishment would be just to have peace uh, because his life has been so chaotic.
0: Well, even to the point that. Why is he fighting Khonshu's battles, so that Khonshu yeah. will leave him alone? <laughs> like he's like, dude, just that's that's the deal. So yeah. Scott, what what's your thoughts on the whole uh, the way they handled the afterlife and they're they're handling this within the the confines of the MCU?
1: I'm fine with it. Like-
0: <laughs> <laughs> just like. Gives these deep well, answers yeah. to the to the to the mental it's health aspect.
1: Answers that everybody wants to know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, and, then, I mean, and then he's like, "I was good with it. Like that's all. Two thumbs up. Yeah." <laughs> that's all, folks.
1: No. Um, well, here's the thing. Like when you think about just Egyptian culture, you know, you're you're seeing their culture. So the idea of having this sea of reeds, this idea of their afterlife is very important to how those people live, how those people think, what shapes them. You know, that's that's a huge, huge aspect of it. Um, Even when you think about the balancing of the scales, and we talked a little bit earlier about integration, you know, you kind of see that idea of integration in with death in some ways, you know, Um, because again, when these people are kind of part of your life, um, and so then when you do go through an integration and you now become one, you know, there is a death that does happen. Yeah. Um, so so that's very important. Even when you go to Black Panther, you know, that's important, you know, because for people of African culture, you know. Their view of the afterlife, or especially from a cultural standpoint, is very significant. It's very important. Um, even we talk about the Norse gods, which is funny because. In the first Thor movie, we weren't calling them gods. We we're calling them aliens. So, we <laughs> were yeah, kind of a, a uh, And then eventually, in, actually, it was Ragnarok, where I think that's the first time they actually mentioned anything about them being gods, which I'm like, why do we have to hide that fact when all of us are like, why are we calling them aliens? That's so weird. Like, they're, they're gods. Like, Thor's a god. Odin's a god. Loki's a god. Like, why are we calling them that they're different beings? Um, so, But, you know, but even that has rootedness in it. And I don't know if, you know, and I don't know within our first market Western society, we try not to play up religion or look at other people's religious belief because we don't want it to mash with Western view of whether it's Christianity and kind of go, well, ooh, we don't want to ruffle those feathers. But, and I think even when we get to like the series Ms. Marvel, you're going to be seeing some other religious undertones, even if. She's a character that doesn't really focus on being Islamic or practicing Islamic faith, but yet being Middle Eastern Islamic and an Islamic faith does shape how you, your culture and shapes how you live and shapes how you think and shapes how you believe, even if you're not practicing, or even if you, even if you decide to switch over and Ms. Marvel's a Christian, you know, she's still going to have some ties to Islam because that's just part of that culture so i think when you look at a character of different culture and you start seeing everything from not only the pyramids and kind of the egyptian gods and their understanding but even how they understand the afterlife and how they understand healing and and how they perceive things you know that's very important because it kind of well it gives your character a roundedness it gives them a You kind of understand, and you can kind of identify with this character, and even though their beliefs or their view of the afterlife may differ from my own, at least I understand this character better.
0: Yeah,
2: kind of. I want to piggyback off of that a little. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Just because. uh, So there was the the funeral scenes. uh, Well, mostly you see it mostly uh, when they go back and look at uh, his. Uh, Mark's younger brother's funeral, because uh, mm-hmm. this is something that was pointed out to me as I was watching some other uh, people talk about about this show. Uh, so I I think this is is what they call it a, a shiva is is their funeral mm-hmm. is what they call their funeral in uh, in Jewish culture. Yeah, it, it, it's a custom to cover up mirrors all all over the the house or wherever they're holding their uh, Shiva because the focus is supposed to be on the person who they're having that uh, ceremony for. And so you don't focus on anything else, not on yourself, but on the person that you're there for. And I, I just thought that was a really neat, small inclusion. I mean, like if, if you don't really uh, know anything about it, you, you don't even know that it's there, but I think it also plays into the, the, Kind of the reflection thing of you know Mark looking into a mirror and seeing Stephen and Stephen talking to him. Uh, so I, I think that was just a, a very neat and interesting thing, and I'm really glad that they included it into into this.
0: I think that comes mm-hmm. back to what you said earlier, Bama. They did their homework, and oh they, yeah, they, they did played tons it of very homework. well. Because some of this stuff I didn't even know about, and just to know that you know they did their homework. That's that's awesome. That. It wasn't just a Egyptian culture. It was also there's some Jewish culture in there. There's and and it's really funny because if if you're a Christian or a Jew and you know the whole backstory of the Exodus, like like it's, it's just funny the way that some biblical stuff plays into it and how you see how certain pieces. It's just it, it's cool to see some of those those undertones that huh I didn't think about that.
1: Well, so, well, going back, well, go, even going back to like Judaism. I mean, and especially you mentioned the Exodus. What I find fascinating is when you think about, you know, the the reeds. You know, that's kind of when you look at the Hebrew. Some people and look at the history. Some people think that it wasn't the Red Sea, but it was the Reed Sea that the Israelites crossed through. So, mm-hmm. you know, there. And that, and again, if you think about that picture, it's going from death, or in a way, kind of leaving a slave slavery to finding. promised land. So there's kind of a theme with that. But then if you think about the wilderness, well, we have Israelites dying in the wilderness because they were not following the commands of Yahweh. So in some ways, wilderness or being in the sands or the desert does symbolize death in some ways, or symbolizes death as in not listening to wise counsel or leadership or not having a balance so you know even with marx you know seeing those scenes of him growing up and being jewish and then of course you're seeing all these egyptian gods it's like well okay what's going on here but yet you can see like you know there are links there are certain links between different religious practices and you can start to kind of connect some of these things which is why jordan you and i with our looking at like you know theological themes within the MCU that we've been doing
0: yeah, for, for years
1: many years i mean yeah. and that's the same thing like you know like i said you know comic books are kind of our generation's odyssey yeah and if absolutely you think about the odyssey odyssey has a lot of things that are very religious according to greek religious thought um and so you know we can really easily look at something like thor and can Someone can read four and kind of can pull out some Islamic themes out of there and go, oh, this really connects with this teaching or that teaching. Or you, Jordan, you and I could watch the same thing and go, oh, here's how this connects to Christianity. And we can Absolutely. make this connection.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're going to move forward into episode six. Uh, <laughs> what did you guys think of Ahmet and Khonshu being massive gods going this whole King Kong versus Godzilla kind of fight by the pyramids? What were you guys' thoughts on that? I thought it was too distracting.
1: <laughs> it did. I'm like, well, because I'm, I, I was, I mean, literally, I was so interested in the fight happening down below. It was just.
0: Between Arthur Harrow, the, the, the Red yeah. Scarab and, and Moon Knight.
1: Yeah, that was a lot more interesting. Than my attention. But then when I'm watching like Godzilla and King Kong up there, I'm like, what the heck is this? Like, are people seeing this? Like, I, it was just so confusing so, to me. Okay, like, so
0: so there was a thought, and I forget who I was talking with about this, but they said that they don't think that anybody could actually see the gods fighting, and so this whole thought process now comes to okay, were the gods fighting, but Cairo couldn't actually see what was happening, and I I pointed out, I said I think they did see it, for the for the sole factor that when Konshu was released from his his little prison thing and and ahmet was released it wasn't just their avatars that saw them like everybody saw them and so when they had their little fight inside the the pyramid like everybody saw that and then i i think that everybody saw the big one and that's what they were focused on when everybody started grabbing them and then sending their souls right into uh, ahmet and so That was my thought, but but well, as,
2: as, as I'm gonna piggyback off of that. So when, you do it, Yoda. But Conshu is released by whatever. Consu is released by uh. <laughs> released by, uh oh, what was what was the girl's Layla? He, he Layla. was released yep. by by Layla, and he petitioned her to be the next his next avatar, and mm-hmm. so that's why she could see him is because. He was presenting himself yes. so that so that she would know. It's like okay, this isn't just a disembodied voice somewhere. He he's wanting me to be the next avatar, so he he is allowing me to see him. So I I would I would go opposite and say that unless they wanted people to see them have their gigantic fight, uh, then more than likely they didn't nobody else saw it but maybe the people who had already been revealed to Khonshu and Amit.
0: okay I'm I'm not mm. against that I just you know it is what it is so
2: I mean it we we don't know because there's not like an actual official yeah thing I that mean has been it would just
0: be yet. like hey if if we're at a comic con and and the, the directors are there or if there's an interview and someone asks them hey did did all these people see the giant gods fighting at the tower or the the, the pyramid yeah. is it like pff, nobody's nobody's gonna ask those questions to them and we're not gonna get official <laughs> answers for probably like two years so yeah, who knows? um yeah uh you know i'm gonna kind of put a few questions together for this one what were your guys' thoughts on characters like Layla, Stephen, mark arthur harrow um conchu like how they all kind of fit in this? Like, what were your guys' thoughts on them? Did you think they were good characters? Did they carry this story well, or do you feel like it was solely on Steven and Mark? Like, do you think that this was a very well-told story, or do you think it was something that, like, kind kind of like how we say like Iron Man really carried the MCU on his back in a lot of ways, and and other characters kind of like divvied up a little portion? But now in Phase Four, like, who's who's going to carry the MCU? Is it going to be one person, or is it going to be multiple people? So do you think who, who like what do you guys think of these characters?
2: I, I I would say for the majority of this, I mean, Mark and Steven are the ones that, that carry the, the story and, and move the story along. because um, conshu I mean really just kind of says oh jerk. Well, yes, he was a, a huge get out of here, bug. Bird. Yeah, calling people worms and little bug and, and all of that. Uh, but he was just there uh, just to kind of push things to help uh, get Mark back in in the game because it's like I, I can use Mark. Mark knows what to do because this guy's I don't even know what his deal is, and so I, I you know I I want Mark. Probably he was even really wanting Jake more than Mark because it seems like him and Jake have a very close relationship. Uh, so he was like, "Well, I just want this this guy out of here so I can yeah. get some of the other guys."
0: Oh, the uh, idiots back!
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, Layla, I, I thought was interesting, uh, especially figuring out that she and Mark were were married and um, going through a divorce, and you know, just why, which wasn't Mark, even
0: finalized. Yeah, so, which wasn't
2: finalized, so they're I, they're still married. Yeah, uh, but I but I liked uh, that Mark wanted to help protect her after what happened to her father. Uh, and he was unable to uh, stop him from from being killed, and so he wanted to be a protector for her. Uh, Arthur Harrow, I mean, good grief. Ethan Hawke just hit it out of the park uh, with this. I I think every little thing that he did just made the character that much more interesting to me. Um, You know, (laughs) and even, I mean, the first thing we see in this is not even... You know Oscar Isaac as Mark. Or oh yeah, Stephen. there's there's no we,
0: action. It's Arthur Harrow.
2: Yeah, it's it's him. You know, crushing a a glass,
0: a shot uh, glass, like he he, he, glass. he knocked back a, a little bit of alcohol and then crushed it up and, and then, puts it in his sandals. It,
2: yeah, and, and it's like it's a punishment against himself for the things that he he did while on being the avatar for Kanchu. Uh, so I, I I think a lot of the things that he did uh, in his uh, acting choices and. And stuff like it just made me believe that he was like a a cult leader, and you know he he had a a goal, and he was doing everything that he knew to do to get to that end goal. Uh, So I think a lot of these characters were were very well written. Um, I loved how like learning why Stephen Grant had such the such a weird British accent. It's because. He came up with this personality when he was a young kid watching a movie, you know, of someone kind of, with a with a weird British accent. So it's like, which oh, which I'm looked very this.
0: which looked a lot like an Indiana Jones kind of film, yes, and like the adventurer. Yes. And I was like, oh, I really like that.
2: So, and and that's just another thing to kind of connect into our world because obviously they can't just you know throw anything and they they couldn't obviously have an indiana jones thing so they did an alternate kind of thing but i think it really you understand why stephen grant uh, as far as the alternate personality why he has that such a weird accent is because he was created when he was a child and so that's just how the a, a kid would have a british accent
0: here's my question why can't they do indiana jones in there
1: does Disney own
0: Dis Disney owns Lucasfilm, which Indiana well, Jones I, I, falls in that.
2: Plus they I mean they had to have the name Steven Grant in there somewhere. Well, yeah, so they, yeah, yeah. they couldn't. Well I'm I just mean, I'm just, just I'm just
0: saying, based off of the watching Multiverse of Madness when the boys are watching the Disney movies and you literally see like Bambi and old school, yeah. uh old school like steamboat willy cartoons and th- like things like that
2: yeah but those aren't referenced you know by very, any very
0: true you you do have uh, a point there i was just so i was just means, asking
2: yeah like i mean they totally could if they wanted to but for the character you know oh stephen grant uh you know so i'm gonna you know turn that into a personality and all of that
0: scott what are your thoughts
1: uh you know i think uh yeah, I think primarily this is ma- mainly, you know, Mark, 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 and Stephen's story, but the supporting cast is excellent. Like, like you can easily feel like that it's also Layla's story too, because she's yeah. not only the, you know, the ex-wife of Mark, but she's also the daughter of a well-known archaeologist that you know got killed, and you kind of find out you know, kind of more of the backstory behind that. And she's kind of involved in the whole God's mess. Um, it's also, you know, it's also Arthur Harrow, who not only is dealing with his own cult leader thing, but even when you start getting into the asylum scenes, he's being very helpful. And you're kind of, it's like one of the things where you have seen him being very, evil and manipulative in in some ways and being very cultish and then here he is as a psychologist and you're kind of thinking like okay well what he's saying it's what he's saying is actually very helpful and true and you're kind of like okay well then what's reality what's in your question what's reality which is absolutely which again is the cold character of moon knight which is why you're kind of figuring out like what's real what's fantasy what's well obviously you, you so for me again you don't realize it's and again you don't realize it's fantasy until you see a big gigantic hippo bust through the door
0: (laughs) well so when he goes in and arthur harrow is his his psychiatrist and he's going through all that stuff like part of me was like wait is this literally going to be a the entire moon knight series is just happening in his head and it's just this crazy guy like like because i was like nothing's connected to the mcu other than the astral plane um i I haven't caught anything that that specifically says and i was like No, like, please. They're going to sing
1: elsewhere. The whole series.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I'm like, is is this, is this religious going to sit as like a one season series, like a a true mini series, and that's all it is. And and I'm okay if that's what it is, as long as like you continue this character. But by the time that you start to see, the the integration of these two characters coming together, I was like, oh, that was cool. So, um, as we're as we're kind of starting to to head towards wrapping up, what was your favorite moment in this series? And if you could add or remove anyone from the series, who would it have been and why?
2: Uh, I would say my favorite moment, uh, just because I didn't really get to talk about it too much before, but was the final episode, seeing, you know, Amit and Shu fighting each other, and also Harrow, uh, Scarlet Scarab, and Moon Knight uh, fighting together. Uh, because that's that's very indicative of how even like olympian uh, mythology is like so you have these demigods and people who um or like they're connected to the gods above well the gods above are also having a fight uh against they kind of parallel each other yeah they, they parallel each other and so i i think that's why it was important to have that because you have the parallel of you know amit and Konshu versus each other and then moon knight and uh, harrow against each other
0: so one of my favorite movies is real steel um it was a hugh jackman film and it felt like yep. it was shadow boxing um yeah. that moment where like you see like arthur harrow gets a blow and then you see amit get a blow in and then you see yeah. moon knight come in and just like tackle him and then you see like Konshu tackle amit and i was like it kind of felt like that shadow boxing effect but i, I think like you said with with more of that greek mythology and the olympians and and going through all that that okay well our story is well zeus and hades are going at it but they also have kind of their children who are also going at it and you see that parallel really well
2: uh and probably another one of my favorite things was actually getting to see khonshu fight because for most of the series like he's just kind of there he's just a
0: jerk just, he's a just, jerk
2: he, he kicks over a trash can at one point it's like what, what's what's the point of that kind of creepy um, at,
0: walking through the hallway like he hasn't yeah. really done a whole lot doesn't hold his own weight in the series yeah but
2: actually getting to see him fight and actually like i mean he could like almost teleport it, it almost looked like uh when ant-man or the wasp when they shrink down and then they they yeah. uh, enlarge again. That's that's kind of what it reminded me of. It, I guess, the effects may have been something similar, but it's like, yeah. Since, since he is the god of the moon, I know the moon is uh, kind of a, a timekeeper, and so, uh, and since he, you know, has control, we saw he had control of the sky, so he can like, you know, affect time. Oh my gosh, that uh, so was such
0: a visually stunning visually spot. Oh my amazing. gosh.
2: So I, I, w- I really enjoyed like his. I guess you could say like time manipulation kind or just like spatial manipulation, whatever you want to call it. I, seeing him fight was very interesting because it's like, Oh, is he just going to be like the, the grumpy old man in the background telling you what to do? But no, we actually get to see him use that huge staff that he has.
0: Part of me felt like he was going to be um, the CW's flash. They did this season where it was uh like, zoom or uh savitar and they had like these really big deep voices and they didn't really do a whole lot until later and i felt like it was going to be one of those and then he kind of started holding his own weight and i was like oh i like that so if you could add anybody or remove anybody from the series who would who would you have added or removed
2: i i wouldn't remove anything i i think as it is it is great and really i wouldn't want to add anything to it because i think that would take take away from it being such a standalone thing but as as i said earlier in the podcast like i would have loved you know just uh, even a short mention or a cameo from either uh the black knight or blade and just being like hey getting set up for uh midnight suns but really that's just something that they'll they may even do that in season two if they do a se- which i yeah. really hope they do a season two
0: absolutely scott Favorite moments, and add or subtract a villain, or hero, or, or character.
1: Yeah, so I wouldn't add or subtract anything. I think everything, I think all the pieces were perfectly placed, and it really. And I never felt like there was a character that I didn't want in there. There wasn't a character that I felt like needed to be in there. I think everything just worked well within its own little snow globe of a world. Um, As far as moment, oh, man, geez. (laughs) So the biggest moment for me was when you have Mark at the Sea of Reeds and he decides to leave and go back and rescue Steven. That scene alone, I cried after I watched that episode. It was so moving, Um, mainly because, you know, with having a loved one who has, who had this social identity disorder and you're around this person and you get to meet the personalities and talk to the personalities. And some of them, you start to build relationships with, it's weird. It's like, well, I know this is a relative of mine, but it's also a 14 year old boy too. So what's going on? It's kind of weird. But I remember when the final integration happened, I remember being at work, got a phone call from my dad saying, hey, get to the phone. So I got to the phone and goes, hey, there's some people want to talk to you. And sure enough, I can hear the voices and it's like, hey, we're integrating today. And it's these personalities. Hey, we just want to say we love you. Thank you for being our friends, everything else. I mean, and then next thing you know, it's like, okay, I'm never going to talk to these people again. They're going to be gone. And it was just like, I just, it's almost like I just went through like a basically a five a five second funeral, yeah. and just lost like fourteen family members, you know, or how, you know, or yes. at that time. So it's it it was so it was crazy. So that so for me seeing that come back, it's like man, you know, for me it's like dude. Like I wish I could have like, and I know it had to do that way for the complete healing of everything. But still, it's just like man, that sucks. So it really struck a chord with me. So that's probably like the best moment for me. And it wasn't even like the biggest spectacular moment. It wasn't really like an earth shattering moment in the series, but it connected in such a way with someone who has a relative with DID. and watching that scene, it, it it just like, was like the gut punch. And I mean, I was supposed to go to bed and get up at two for work. And after I watched it, I'm watching it in bed and I'm like, okay, I can't sleep now. Like I have to, I have to really sit up and like process everything I just watched right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think my favorite moments definitely like were some of the most visually stunning. Like like you were talking about a little bit ago, Bama, when they were turning back the stars, mm-hmm. and that's oh my gosh! And the fight scene at the very beginning of this the series where he's going down the hill and they've got "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go," and like I just I really think that that is going to set the tone for thinking outside the box fight scenes um you know certain certain movies will bring like a certain element like you have the days of future past really knocked it out of the park with quicksilver and that's not a, i mean you had quicksilver i think the year after with uh with with uh age of ultron and it just it it wasn't wasn't anything to really bat an eye at and it, it didn't that Quicksilver did not stick with you the same way that that the X Men Quicksilver did, and then you go in and you've got uh, some some big fight scenes that that just really do so well, and I felt like this one just it's going to set the tone to think outside the box. Don't I felt like it was it was original, like it felt original, like versus what we we typically get. I mean, no, nothing's new under the sun. We we recycle films and movies. I mean, when we were talking about Morbius last month we talked about how it was basically a remake of incredible hulk just better (laughs) um than with vampires and 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 a lot of other things yeah and and like you had scenes where you're like you're literally stealing this from iron man um you literally are stealing this scene from this movie you're you're stealing this idea from this like it it felt very like a modge podge hot mess and it didn't feel like that with with moon knight it felt very original with some of the fight scenes and some of the the storytelling it felt like a a breath of fresh air um and i i really liked that especially because marvel is has has basically flooded the market with a lot of things and it's become very mainstream versus 20 30 years ago where it, it wasn't um the comic industry was failing in the 90s um that's why they sold their properties to to start making money and 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 that's why they survived uh but i just i think that those were some of my favorite moments and and again the the big fight at the end that seeing the giant monsters and or the giant gods just going at it that was awesome um but i think if i had to say my exact favorite might actually be when mr knight showed up um because you see moon knight and moon knight like like for someone who read who is currently reading the moon knight series uh like it was cool to see moon knight but when mr knight shows up and he's got like the cracker down the mask i was like I just really like this. Like this was just so well put together and like he kind of has cuz he's he's the priest of Kanshu and and the the Fist of Kanshu and and all that um where you've got your Moon Knight where it's your your bronze but you have your Mr. Knight who's your brains and like he he's not afraid to throw a punch but he also is going to try and talk things through first. And I liked that Steven is Mr. Knight where Mark <laughs> is is Moon Knight. Um, and I haven't seen any other versions that I'm aware of, so I don't know how Jake will show up. I'm hoping Jake, will, Jake, and uh, and Mark will be your your Moon Knight, and you'll just see a very aggressive version of Moon Knight. Uh,
2: I saw a it was concept art. It was it was similar to the Mister Knight where he had he had like a three piece suit on, but uh, the the jacket had like a hood uh, that would go over. Okay. So I guess it was it was kind of a amalgamation of both mr knight and moon knight uh, okay. kind of thing so so maybe it's like kind of master assassin with with the I, I don't know but that, yeah. that was just concept art and things that they obviously
0: didn't use well maybe not yet not <laughs> so, yet but but i i just i really liked that if i was gonna add or remove anybody i think I, i'm gonna have to say that i probably have, would have added like blade into the mix um just because you've got these monsters and the jackals showing up kind of were a little bit more mm-hmm. werewolfish um and and just the whole vampires and i think that would have been a really cool kind of just to, to start slowly bringing blade in and, and into the monster side of the universe and i mean we're getting into the darker stuff and um i think that would have been cool but i think that's really the only character that i would have been okay with there was there was talk that uh the hulk was going to show up and I don't, yeah, I don't I just,
2: know where he would have been it, it good just, for this.
0: I I maybe at the end if he would have been like hey, you know, you kind, kind of like what they did with uh um with Shang-Chi, with Shang-Chi and and kind of like a hey, welcome and, and maybe he's the new welcoming party and and he invites people to be a part of the <laughs> Avengers world. Like maybe that's where Bruce Banner goes, but I, I just I don't think that we're ready to put Moon Knight on a team yet. Um No. I, I think that, to be honest, I would want three seasons of Moon Knight and then just call it quits there and then start plugging him into Avengers movies and start making him your character that, that kind of – your Nick Fury kind of character that, that shows up uh, here and there and, and kind of does some Doctor Strange or, or Iron Man kind of stuff and just start sprinkling him again and, and, and then, like, make him a good good player um, later on. I, I don't think that he needs to have, like, a ten-season run. I, I don't think any character needs that. Um no that that that's not where we're at i think you put them into big events you you give them good stories um like wanda wanda's doing some great stuff they they really knocked it out of the park with her her storytelling and multiverse of madness but you know where do you go from there um is she dead is she not dead it's i mean there's so many different pieces to to the questions and and you just have to figure out okay where are we taking these these stories next and like are we okay if if they if we don't go any further like are we okay to leave it right there um and and I think that's just what I would love to see with, with moon night. Um, do you guys hope to see a season two out of this?
2: For sure. I, I, I think seeing <clears throat> more of Jake Lockley and seeing like what uh, you wouldn't even have to go back and say, Oh, here's what, what you missed. And here's where Jake Lockley fit. No, just like even just integrating him more into the story and then maybe similar to how this uh, first season ended maybe all three uh end up integrating together and then they just can you know fast switch between each other for whoever needs to be there for the situation i i think it would really they would really benefit from having a second season and then that's when they can maybe start integrating moon knight more into the mcu uh so i i that, that's just what I think. I think they definitely should. Uh, and I, I hope the series did, did well enough that they will look into doing a season two. Mm-hmm.
0: What about you, Scott?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I think I, I would hope they do another season because even if they don't, even if they decide to do a season, you kind of have to go, okay, well, where do we go next? Because even though we see the introduction of Jake, we still kind of see the ending of, well, we kind of see the ending of that whole like storyline. So where do you go next from there? Um, but yeah, I would like to see more Moon Knight. I hope they do another series. Cause I think if you just take them and you throw them into a series, you know, you have to kind of not necessarily explain everything that happened in the Moon Knight series, but you're also going to have to explain does Steven and Mark even know about Jake? And and I think that whole thing would have to be explored more if you're going to, because if not, then you kind of have this big reveal at the end of the series and then you don't do anything with it.
0: Well, guys, we have maxed out our time on this episode. Thank you so much for joining me and and just diving right in. There were a lot of questions I gave you guys tonight and there, I mean, you know, it's, it's really funny, six episodes. So not even six full hours, but six episodes created one heck of a conversation Oh Um, yeah, and it, it, Mm -hmm. it's funny because, you know, we we don't have a massive following at the moment, but, you know, these conversations are things that people can take and and apply to their own lives and and kind of see these shows and and get a better understanding and and not just look at it as entertainment anymore. But, you know, this is this is real life stuff or, hey, you know, I I really enjoyed this. I didn't understand this part. And I, I just think it's really cool to see that. So, guys, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Nerd Talk Nation, just want to give you a quick heads up. If you haven't checked out our podcast yet, uh, the Comic Book Club, uh, Bama is a frequent flyer over there. We, uh, we've we been talking about uh, different comics, and, and we, we do every other week with this. Um, but it's twenty five dollars through Podbean. You just pay a one time fee and then you can listen through all that. You're going to get exclusive content. Uh, and actually, you even get an opportunity to be on the, the show. Last week, we had Gavin and Todd um, on and it was really, really cool to have them. And so we would encourage you guys to go ahead and check it out, be a part of that community. Um, and you can check us out on TikTok. We've been posting. We post all the time. Uh, you can even see Scott on. Are you on Tuesdays? I'm on Tuesdays. You're on Tuesdays, so you can go get Scott's tots on Tuesdays. Um, you can... <laughs> so you know, uh, every now and then his kids show up and uh, his and his stuff. Uh, I love seeing your kids on there. And those are the, and those are the ones that like
1: get like a thousand views.
0: Yeah, I know those those are the ones that that break break our uh, break our, our stuff. So, um, we need more of Scott's tots in there. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, which makes me think of the office episode i know that's why i keep saying it (laughs) but but definitely go check out our tiktok channel uh and we will catch you guys here next time on nerd talk